Hello and welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. I am Dan Dimite and I'm joined here in studio with my good friend and brother in Christ, Brad Pierron. Yeah, hey. it's good to be with you, Dan. Yo, Brad, this is quite an exciting moment in Beyond Damascus history because yeah. a lot of times it's Aaron Richards and myself on a show or you and Aaron uh, Richards on a show and today is the first time uh, that you and I have ever done a show together. Yeah, yeah. Aaron's usually the glue that holds both of us together so today yeah, we're now the rational one we're kind relying of on each one. other so now we have the two wild cards like uh yeah. on the air together <laughs> what's gonna happen ewtn is nervous right now <laughs> now ladies and gentlemen beyond damascus is a co-production of saint gabriel radio and ewtn radio and carried across the ewtn global catholic radio network uh we're a show all about how an encounter with Jesus Christ can propel one into a life of mission, right? That's like right. Just like uh, St. Paul encountered Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, we're all about that dem- beyond Damascus moment, that right. it's not just about, hey, I encountered Jesus, I gave my life over to Jesus, Jesus is my personal Lord and Savior, it's, whoa, 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 I've encountered Jesus Christ, he's transformed my life, and mm-hmm. now I'm living a new life on mission, which is pretty amazing. That's right. You want to open us up in prayer, I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of this day. Thank you for the gift of this podcast and all the ways that you speak through it to us as hosts and to all who listen around the country and around the world. We pray that today we would be able to focus on you, that every word we speak would be from your lips, Lord, and that we would listen to all the new things you have to say to us today. We pray especially in this time that you would give us insight into how we can maintain intimacy with you amidst a life that is mission-focused. We pray that we would Mm -hmm. always have you at the center of our lives and that you would always send us from you and with you into the world. Yeah, Jesus, we just pray we'd be disciples who are truly and authentically whole in you. Uh, we're completely whole in unity and intimacy with you, and we're whole in mission. That we would just, uh, we would just be full, Lord, full for you and with you. We pray this in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right, so Brad, I feel like you could say that a disciple walks on two legs, right? There's no one-legged disciples of Jesus Christ uh, uh, in the sense of the fact that we need to have both intimacy and mission side by Mm -hmm. side. I'm Mm -hmm. not a disciple of Jesus Christ if I don't have a missionary life, and Mm. I'm not a disciple of Jesus Christ if if I don't have an intimate union with Jesus. That's right. These two legs side by side. Yeah, mission without intimacy might as well be popularity seeking, right? Because we're leading people to ourselves that if I'm on a mission to bring people to me, but I am not saying imitate me imitating Christ, then I become the end and I'm a false end. So it might as well be popularity. And you see a lot of that in the church, actually, a lot of people are like, hey, come follow me. Yeah. Follow me. Yeah. Become like like me. And actually we're probably called to be a little bit more like John the Baptist. Like here is the Messiah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And Paul does that so well because he never says to imitate him without also adding that he's the one following Christ, (laughs) becoming like him. Every time we imitate someone, let us imitate the part in them 
that looks like Jesus. That always makes me a little nervous when uh, I think about Paul's ministry, where he's like, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Right. Because it's like, oh man, if I were to say that, which every authentic disciple should be able mm-hmm. to say, it's like, whoa, is my life and is my lifestyle worthy of imitation? Like we talk a lot in the church wow. about the discipleship method, where it's like, I'm going to disciple people and, and I'm going to walk closely with them so they start living like like me. And it's like, whoa, wait, are you, are, are, is your life worthy of imitation? Yeah. There's a lot yeah, yeah, of people yeah. who are discipling others, and really their their life may not be enough like Jesus, where it's worthy mm-hmm. of imitation because it's off balance. Yeah. It's like uh, just just not whole. And it goes back to our previous point, right? Because it's usually those aspects of my life that have not yet found their end in Jesus that aren't enough to be followed. Oh yeah, that's nuts. Okay, so let's look at the ministry of Jesus because that's where we get our marching orders. This is what it says in the Gospel of Mark. Despite Jesus's plea that his miracles be kept secret, the news about him spread all the more. I really find that humorous. It's like, guys, quit talking so much about me, right? Despite Jesus's plea that his miracles be kept secret, the news about him spread all the more so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sickness. Mm. So in a sense, that's what our mission should look like, that it just bears fruit. I don't have to do all the marketing because people are encountering Jesus in our ministry and they go out and share the good news about what's happening mm-hmm. instead of me just like always like, guys, come to my ministry, right? Yeah. Jesus wasn't trying to find people um, out of desperation. He was mm-hmm. producing mm-hmm. abundant fruit and it led to more and more yeah. people coming. Yeah. And then it says, but Jesus often withdrew to solitude places and prayed, right? And that's the model of ministry where Jesus had an apostolic life, but he would always withdraw and spend time in the solitude and in prayer that if the Son of God needs to have... um, time with the father. Yeah, yeah. I think we probably need time with the father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The in and out and out and in of Jesus's life is always worth noting that that's, bef- a, that's a hamburger shop as well. What, in and out burger. Out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he, <laughs> Jesus was all about, I think Jesus started. Have you ever seen an in and out burger? They have like Bible verses under the oh, bottom yeah, of the cup. Yeah. It's like nice. a super, cr- maybe that's up. where that's, it's maybe from. Maybe that's where it's from. Let's Sponsor <laughs> us. We're uh, beyond <laughs> Damascus. And I uh, know <laughs> get your burger, <laughs> but I, I, I am fascinated always by watching Jesus in his operation, that he never misses who's being highlighted to him, but he also never misses an opportunity to spend time with the father. Yeah. And that, that rhythm that he strikes is something that every single person, whether you're in full-time ministry or not, should be striving to pursue with your life, that you would never miss someone that the Lord's highlighting to you. That's mission. But you would also never miss opportunities to spend time with the Father, which is intimacy. Yeah, and that's just like the fact that he would have a massive crowd around him and say, you know what, even though the crowd is here, Mm -hmm. I know there's time that I need for myself and that I'm not going to just... because. Uh, I mean, in ministry, the crowd's always there, right? Yeah. Like, especially like if you're in parish ministry, it's like the crowd is always there. There's always more work to be done, whether mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. healing the sick or it's computer work. Like, mm-hmm. and at some point, you have to have the discipline as a disciple to say, I'm going to choose not to do the work that's in front of me to do the work that's more important and be with the Father so that I can do the work that's in front of me more effectively. That's and right. More fully. Yeah. And it's become so countercultural. So countercultural to take time to think. You know, I think it's Pascal who once said that 
all of man's issues stem from the fact that he cannot sit with himself alone in a room for an hour. Yeah. That I, I noticed it in myself. I'm driving up to Damascus and it takes me 35 minutes or so. And about 15 minutes into the ride, I'm always into a podcast or into a phone call. Yeah. And I've, I've come to the point where it's hard for me to take the drive without anything, yeah. without any other person on the other end of my phone, without any person speaking to me through my speakers. And that that's just such a tell of the culture today. And in a culture like this, it's even more important, right? Because in Mother Teresa's, I don't know if it's an autobiography or a biography on her, but she says that it's so important for her to take her holy hour, except in busy seasons, yeah, when it's super important for her to take two. Yeah. And, and so she just gets that that point, the point that it's pivotally important to go against what the culture is telling us is normal so that we can reestablish what Jesus demonstrated to us in his ministry. Yeah. Like crazy story. So I had a friend who gave up um, his, like got rid of his phone and I was like, dude, why'd you get like, why'd you choose to get rid of your phone? Yeah. He's like, I am so addicted to my phone. Like I, I he's like, I got to the point where I realized I couldn't even sit on the toilet and take a poop yeah. without looking at my phone. He's right. like, that's when I realized, Hey, you know what? I haven't spent alone time with Jesus yeah, in a yeah, long yeah, yeah. time. Yeah. And maybe that's been you, right? Like yeah. maybe like you're so into everything all the time mm-hmm. that there's actually, like Jesus didn't remove himself from people to watch Netflix, or he didn't remove himself from people to get onto his apps. He removed mm-hmm. himself to be with the Father in the mm-hmm. solitude. And yeah. it's sometimes you actually have to wrestle in the solitude for a, a longer period of time before yeah. breakthrough happens. That's and right. so it's not. It's it's not that like, hey, I'm going to make sure I take my 20 minutes to say a rosary today that maybe Mm -hmm. the Lord's asking you for a season of solitude or a lifestyle of solitude where there's really nothing, nothingness, so that uh, you can start hearing the Father's voice. Yeah, and and we're in a culture that keeps telling us that it needs more me time, right? So it's, I'm inundating myself with all of these externalities, yet I need more me time, but I'm choosing this, but I need more me time. And the solution to you wanting to be alone and wanting to be with people at the same time is solitude. That's, mm-hmm. that's the solution. You can't have both at the same time. So I want to do everything, but simultaneously, I want to have some time with me. <laughs> well, the only way that you can be with everything and alone at the same time is when you're in solitude with the Lord. Which ironically is... You're not in solitude because you're with the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. There you go. All right. Uh, so you're listening to Beyond Damascus. Uh, Brad, I'm really excited. We have one of our, our favorite priests in the mm-hmm. nation, mm-hmm. Father John Ignatius with the Servants of Christ Jesus. He's going to join us uh, once we take this break. He's going to come back and he's going to join us. And we're just going to talk a little bit about this reality of intimacy and mission side mm-hmm. by side, hand mm-hmm. in hand. He's a guy who... Uh, is like has has really spent a lot of time in the solitude, especially with the spiritual exercises. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna get some gems here. Yeah, uh, looking forward to it. So you're listening to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and we'll be right back. How are you listening to EWTN Radio right now? Have you ever wished you could listen on a local radio station? Maybe our Lord is speaking to your heart to help make that happen. Don't let a lack of experience hold you back. Find out how you can help start a Catholic radio station where you live. Powered by the truth of the church and EWTN's dynamic radio programming. Email Steve at this address, radio at EWTN.com. 
The leading Catholic voices are on EWTN Radio. When you are predictable in your authority, you will actually have to use that authority less. Consistent discipline leads to less constant discipline. The more you act when you need to act, the less you will have to act in the future with similar misbehavior. The Doctor is In with Dr. Ray Garendi, Monday afternoon, 1 Eastern on EWTN Radio. Hello, welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. We started this awesome episode talking about intimacy and mission, the two legs, which a disciple walks on. And Brad, we're going to welcome on our good friend, uh, Father John Ignatius. Yeah. Thank you very much for inviting me on Damascus Radio. Yeah. yeah. All right, Father John, did you buckle up? Because it's going to be a ride today. Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> nice. We haven't scandalized you yet. Are we good? Well, there's no confession. This is beautiful. To say. This okay, is beautiful. Good. Uh, so, Father John is, uh, just for our listeners, he's the founder of a religious community, the Servants of Christ Jesus. And mm-hmm. um, you, Father, you just, you guys are kind of like a renewed Jesuit order. Do you want to explain your order a little bit? We were founded at Franciscan University of Steubenville in 2004. I've never heard of that of a, No, I'm just kidding. Out of a uh, household called AMDG, hmm. um, an Ignatian household wow. within Franciscan University of Steubenville. It was an Ignatian charism within the Franciscan context. Nice. And uh, and we seek to live both of those charisms, uh, Ignatius's spiritual exercises and uh, Francis's praise and poverty and penance. So uh, um, it is a great, great gift to be part of a group of zealous young men who want to <laughs> yeah. uh, spread the word of God uh, from the source of their intimacy with the yeah. Lord and be on mission like Jesus. Yeah, so when I think about your congregation, um, I, just knowing the way your you, the men are being formed, the way the way they have their heart and your heart, like you guys are true missionaries. Mm-hmm. Like you're like, mm-hmm. in the uh, best sense of the word, like, Lord, send us. We'll yes. go wherever you call us. Yes. We'll, we're we're going to labor in the vineyard. I think there's, there's a tinge of that like missionary hunger for martyrdom that's really fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, there's, um, but at the same time, there's just this insane devotion to the spiritual exercises mm-hmm. and a discipline, if you will, to to mm-hmm. be with the Lord in the solitude. Yes. Can how many spiritual exercises have you done? Oh, at least twenty five. Oh, at least twenty five for myself, yeah. and then I've directed probably one hundred and fifty. That's nuts. So you've yes. personally done twenty five. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there you go. That's a lot of solitude. Uh, yeah. uh, so what what inspired that hunger in you? Mm. Um, intimacy with the Lord is where I saw Francis of Assisi's vocation come from. And because he was close to the Lord, he became uh, zealous in proclaiming the gospel and calling people to repentance, conversion, and joy, uh, yeah. the joy of praise. And uh, and so it seems to me that my own conversion came from first relationship. Mm. And then because I love the Lord so mm. much, I wanted to be with him and I wanted to do what he does, yeah. to do what he does. And it seems yeah. to me that that the fruitfulness of the Trinity is is anticipated by the communion of the Trinity. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit didn't have to do anything because they were so loving and in love with one another, but it overflowed from them. And so the communion of the intimacy of the Trinity overflows into this uh, fruitfulness of manifestation of that love. Mm -hmm. And it it seems to me that uh, that, uh, Jesus is— uh, the source of Jesus's life is the receptivity and the intimacy of the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. um, who uh, who first receives the Word and becomes yeah. flesh in her, and then she's kind of on mission with her beloved Son from that point on. Mm-hmm. And at the baptism of Jesus, um, 
Jesus receives this beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit, this um, intimate um, affirmation of his identity. Hmm. Behold, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And from the security of that intimacy, um, then Jesus goes off to the desert for battle and then goes on to mission. And so, yeah. um, so, the, so the Trinity models this, Mary models this, uh, Jesus um, illustrates mm. this. And then, and then in Mark chapter 3, um, when Jesus calls the 12, um, he calls those whom he desires, um, mm. not those he delegates to first and foremost, but he calls those that he desires. And they came to him and he appointed 12 to be with him first and foremost. And so wow. it seems to me that in yeah. the communion of being with Jesus, we are so lit on fire for love that we would be, um, that we would be um, uh, empowered to and inspired to. There's an interior motivation mm-hmm. to do whatever it takes. And then in love, even Lord at the cost of my life. And, and for religious, there's a laying down of life in poverty, chastity, and obedience. They're not tasks demanded by the Lord. Mm-hmm. It's an intimacy with the Lord that says, um, I want you more than riches. I want you yeah. ab- above and beyond even marriage. I want you above and beyond my own will. And with you, all things are possible, Lord. Mm. But without you, I can't do any of this. Yeah. And and then, as you alluded to, there's a there's a hunger for Jesus. You are the martyr. Jesus, others loved you unto death. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. we too, Lord, um, have an inspiration um, to in some way lay down our lives in mission, but you alone, Lord, can um, give us the grace to die and rise with you. And it's only after he calls those that he desires to be with him that he sends them out to preach and have authority. Wow. Uh, sends them out to preach and have authority, but their authority comes from the communion. Um, and they, yeah. they, can't, they can't deliver from demons, but they can when they're in communion with Jesus. They can't absolve sins, but they can in communion yeah. with Jesus. And so, so that communion, um, and, and um, the men who join our community know that there's a daily holy hour with or without spiritual exercises. I, we want to be in communion with yep. Jesus, in adoration, and in the Word of God, and day in and day out. And then annually, we make our eight-day silent spiritual exercises, and, and at least once during formation, the 30-day silent spiritual exercises, which mm-hmm. really is uh, just an opportunity to be with Jesus, kind of like the wilderness, uh, kind of like that, that, that solitude that you described, you know, uh, to, to withdraw and be rooted in the intimacy that we may um, know how to sustain that intimacy even when we're on mission. Yeah, and that's so, right. So that's, the, uh, that's kind of the interplay of um, intimacy and mission that I see in Scripture and in our community, the daily adoration, and then also uh, the annual uh, extended silent spiritual exercises. I just want to that's amazing. Yeah, right that's so good. I feel like that was just like a uh, download yeah, from the Holy yeah, Spirit yeah. to the people of God. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, just hit pause and rewind and listen to the last five minutes like five times. Um because that was rich. Yeah, that Thank was rich. So and I, I love everything you were talking about. And just the, the love of the Trinity spilled out onto the canvas of creation. And then from there, the word became flesh yeah. and dwelt among us and drew us to himself. Before sending us out, he drew us to himself. And then from mm-hmm. that place, he then sent us out and asked us to serve 
him and to serve on his behalf. And so I, I have a question for you just about the name. So the servants of Christ Jesus, how did you come up with the name or like, what was that discernment process like? Mm-hmm. Uh, we had many, uh, many discussions, as you might imagine, about what we might let ourselves be called. Yeah. And uh, it seems to me that uh, the, the founders uh, wanted something that had Jesus's name mm-hmm. um, because of our love, because um, it doesn't start with us, it starts with him. But we also, yeah. of course, our devotion to the word of God, to sacred scripture, we actually wanted the name to come from the scriptures rather sure, than come sure. from ourselves. And uh, and I think it came down to a, a, a few different options. But uh, Philippians 1.1 is uh, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, servants mm. of Christ Jesus. And and Paul lives that communion. Timothy lives that communion. And uh, and, and to serve uh, means to be with and to go forth with. Uh, David's servants were warriors that stayed with David even yeah. as they went into war. And and the servants in the temple would, would praise in the temple even if they had tasks. And uh, for men, it is such a temptation mm-hmm. to turn our whole relationship into tasks and checklists. Lists. And we wanted to be not mm-hmm. just kind of like doing what Jesus wanted us to do, but to do it with the master, with the Lord, and also uh, to be in that intimacy um, as being kind of like owned by Jesus that he never lets us go, you know, w- whether we're in holy hour or whether we're on mission, that we're, we're kind of owned and possessed by him, mm-hmm. not in any enslaving way, but, but in that, um, that, uh, that, that united way, that, that communal way that that tends toward this yeah. nuptial union that God has for all of the souls uh, that are that that are devoted to Him, as well as all of us all together as the bride of Christ. And yeah. so, that's awesome. So, uh, so that's where we came up with yeah. the, the the beautiful out of the Word of God and and uh, out of our desire uh, to be uh, with and for uh, Jesus, like Saint Paul. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. You said mm-hmm. that Mary was that image too of receiving the Word and yes. then uh, walking along with yeah. the yes. beloved Son, and yes. uh, that's exactly. Exactly the title she gives herself. Right? Yeah, that's like, right. Behold, I am the hand of the servant yes. of the Lord, and uh, she became her whole life was being the servant of Christ Jesus, yeah. and bringing the word into the world. And, and, and Paul, Paul actually relates that very title to Jesus himself in Philippians as well, mm-hmm. right? When he says that he didn't regard equality with God something to be grasped, but rather he took the form of a bond servant. And mm-hmm. we have so many missionaries on site right now that I love speaking to about that idea of bond servant because a bond servant had served their stint of slavery, right? So let's say that I owed 10 years to my master. I served the 10 years. And at that time, I'm able to go to the master to ask to be freed, or I have the choice to become a bond servant. And to be a bond servant means to say, master, you have been so good to me. You have provided for me so well that I live the rest of my life in service of you. And then the master marked you. And, and Paul's saying that Jesus allowed himself to be marked by the Father mm-hmm. in the same way that we're called to be marked by Jesus yeah. in our return to the Father. So I, I just, I, I love the idea of, That's yeah, the rich. handmaid, the servant. The in the bouncer. Old Testament, the word employee is never used. Wow. There is nobody that's called an employee, mm-hmm. um, but there are um, sons and servants in the same household. Mm-hmm. Um, there are family members, and then there are the non-blood family members that are part of the family. And so Abraham's cry out to God is that 
his servant would end up inheriting if he didn't have a son, because the servant is not just an employee, not a slave, mm. but like a, a part of the household of these nomadic people. And they and there's this voluntary kind of mutual dependence and mutual generosity of the servant for uh, the, the the head of the tribe and the head of the tribe for the servant in an affectionate way, in a devoted way, in a mutually committed way, such that my welfare depends on the welfare of the of the uh, of the tribe of the clan and 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 wow. I'm not and I'm not I'm not an employee of the clan I am part of the clan I just yeah. wasn't born into the family of the clan and the and the wonderful thing mm. with Jesus is that he models this sonship and then we are not only servants we're adopted sons and so we're living into yeah. that sonship we're living into that nuptial uh, a relationship with Christ as our mm. bridegroom and we're uh, um, and we are. Um, possessed by the Lord in such a way that we are um, uh, that we are bonded to Him. To your that's point. so bonded good. We get the inheritance. Him, yeah. Yes. <laughs> inheritance. Thank you for the inheritance. inheritance I've had. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Yeah. I, I wear this uh, consecration chain on my wrist mm. um, for because St. Louis de Montfort uh, tells you if you've been consecrated to Mary, wear the chain to represent your slavery to Jesus and Mary. And it's a great mm-hmm. evangelization tool because people are yeah. always like, "Why? Are you, what's that chain represent?" And you're like, you get these people who aren't even Christian or Catholic or whatever. You you can witness to them, especially like on an airplane where they can't go anywhere, you know, yeah. they're just stuck there. And, uh, and, but the, it's always almost offensive when you say, Oh, I, I, I wear this chain to represent my slavery to Jesus and Mary. At first, they're kind of like, Whoa, yeah, what? Yeah, like yeah. you're, and, uh, but then it allows you to have such a beautiful conversation about authentic servitude. Yeah. And, uh, and Paul talks about that too. Remember my chains. Yeah. Remember my chains. And I, I, but I'm, here's, I think where a lot of, um, Christians get it wrong as if you're a servant without intimacy, then you're a slave in the worst sense That's of the really word. Good. And so it's not like there are people, if I don't have intimacy in prayer and I'm only on mission, mm-hmm. I'm going to feel like I'm being used by God as opposed to used with God, yeah. you know, and, uh, and, uh, we, that's where the, the slavery can come in. And I think there's probably a lot of people laboring in the vineyard of the Lord who mm. lack intimacy. And because of that, they feel like a slave to ministry. Yeah. Well, and to father John's point that, that brings up that old Testament context that the servant within the household is immersed into the family. That word immersed, there's another cool word for that. Oh yeah. Baptized that like <laughs> that, that that servant like is immersed that into the family, right? That we're baptized into this family. Mm-hmm. And I love that at Damascus, that's something we stress so much. And I see you guys live that so well, Father. So I want to hear some thoughts that you would have on it. But at Damascus, we stress family. That here at Damascus, we're not just an apostolate of a bunch of different people who work for the same end. That we need to balance the spreadsheet or we need to get the missionaries onto site. No, we're a family that are coming together under Father God so that we can bring his son Jesus mm-hmm. and his Holy Spirit into the world in new ways. And family has been such a pivotal piece of our existence for the last five years. And I, I wonder how you all within the servants of Christ Jesus talk about family. How do you establish family? Can mm-hmm. you speak to that a little bit? Well, the members of the servants of Christ Jesus from the beginning um, have been uh, brothers, uh, fellow sons of the same father, yeah. um, and disciples of the same Lord. And so mm. um, even the title brother um, is not just um, a formalism. It's a, it's a reality of being sons. And sons 
um, um, have different gifts and different talents and different um, aches and pains and different incompleteness that can, like family, um, uh, compensate for one another, help one another, be models for one another, but also be abrasive with one another. <laughs> and, and so, so the, I, it seems to me that because we are on our knees before the same Eucharistic Lord, mm. uh, because we gather together and call God our Father, morning prayer, evening prayer, uh, Mass every day, um, mm-hmm. we know um, we have a, not just a confidence but a certainty that my brother is for God and he is a son, and my uh, and I am a brother uh, to him because we're uh, sons of the same father. And so there isn't just a, a, a formalism to the to the name brother, mm-hmm. or uh, 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 as much as we recite our prayers every day, we have uh, that that personalized prayer of communal lexio every morning, uh, Thanksgiving at every supper, intercessory prayer at every evening prayer, praise um, mm-hmm. that that uh, reminds us that. Uh, our source is not in ourselves; it's in the Lord. We are devoted him to Him, not out of obligation, but out of affection and about and out of devotion. Mm. And that, and that, because we are devoted together, we give each other the not just the benefit of the doubt that, but we also like we're cheerleaders for one another mm-hmm. um, as um, as as runners in the same race. And um, and so we give great thanks um, for the mediated intimacy of God. Uh, through the brotherhood and 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 when a man is ordained fatherhood, you know the sacramental and spiritual fatherhood within the community, and so the home is the sanctuary. Uh, the family has uh, mm. both its uh, zeal and its ideals, but also its its boundaries and protection. But then we send them off from safety into Honduras or Kenya or wherever they're going, you know, yeah. for for their for their mission, and they carry with them their identity and their habit of intimacy. Yeah, and and we don't want people to be overexposed without that habit of intimacy, because they will spend themselves, and they will they they can very easily fail if they don't have yeah. the habits of intimacy and the habit of intimacy are part of every religious community. There's just a particular configuration with the contemplative and the charismatic and the servants mm-hmm. of Christ Jesus that our that our intimacy would be sought, that our intimacy is our first priority, um, even if we spend more hours on mission than, yeah. uh, than, uh, uh, than in the chapel during mm-hmm. the course of the day. Yeah. So most of our listeners are probably not consecrated religious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the one of the things I've always wondered is how do you— um, I think sometimes the preaching at mass can almost be like, okay, we have celibates or we have religious preaching to laity on how to live holiness. And the reality is that our lives look very, very different than your lives. And so how do you think the, what is the pattern of holiness of this mission and solitude for the average lay person, mm-hmm. right? The mom, the dad, mm-hmm. yeah. the, the worker that works in the secular world, the student that's a school, how can they l- walk on these two legs together? Mm-hmm. Um, without turning prayer into just another job yeah. or another task, mm. um, it seems to me that that a dedicated, reliable time of intimacy with the Lord is really um, advantageous, um, that it's... Uh, um, that that there's a nourishment that I hunger for, I thirst for, I depend on my heavenly Father. I depend on the Lord and His Word and His Spirit more than bread. Uh, Jesus says in um, I believe Matthew four four, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And um, and it seems to me that there is still a, a growing discovery and conviction 
that I actually do need spiritual sustenance more than physical sustenance, which just says not starve myself, but if I'm eating every day, I need that prayer every day if I'm going to have intimacy. Um, mm-hmm. because, uh, because ask a husband and a wife if they haven't talked to each other in a week how close they might feel or how yeah. far they might feel from each other. And so that, that communication is absolutely essential. And the, and the, and the personal communication, um, the give and take happens in dialogue and with the and with the Word of God, and so so it doesn't seem to me to be on the re- beyond the reach of any layperson to have uh, some committed time in the course of a day uh, for personal prayer time, and then um, it seems to me also that um, that lay people have the ability to share prayer, not just share conversation about prayer or share conversation about God. But to have prayer with one another, and I would just really encourage, you know, husbands to lead wives and, and, and wives to remind husbands to, to not only have their individual prayer time, but, but to have that uh, spousal prayer time together, that they yeah. would hear each other uh, praising the Lord, thanking the Lord, and interceding uh, for one another. And so, mm-hmm. so uh, uh, above and beyond the intimacy of the holy sacrifice of the Mass on Sundays, um, a daily personal prayer time um, between the soul and the creator, as well as um, shared prayer um, uh, between the the leaders of the family or the members of the family, that they would uh, have that give and take in front of one another to activate that intimacy from which all yeah. the uh, mission of the family uh, flows. Yeah, it's the it's the intentional time idea, right? That we we need to take intentional time if we're going to have intentional relationships. And I, I've realized more and more so. As our listeners know, I, I got married nine months ago, and oh, wow. which is yeah, I'm, I'm new Bradley. new into the <laughs> new into the understanding of what married life fully entails. But as I've been married, I've seen this to be more true than I ever knew it to be in my single years, and that's that when you fail to take intentional time, the rest of your time fails to be intentional. So if if I don't take an intentional time every day to have a conversation with Nina then the rest of my day is not intentional with Nina because mm-hmm. th- there's something about that intentional time that allows her to remain on my mind and heart through the day. And it allows me to maintain relationship even when I'm not like one-on-one in the same way we were earlier in that conversation. Yeah. And then not only that, but I've also seen the importance of date nights because even that won't sustain. Like I, I need to have super intentional time, right? And I, I see a regular date night is so important for she and I in the same way that I see the Sunday obligation so important for us in the church. And I, I love what you were saying earlier, Father John, that if it just stays an obligation, though, we're missing something. Yeah. I, I've always wanted to to speak in my relationship with Nina. I always call it the Sunday opportunity, right? Like I want the obligation to become opportunity because I want to. I, I want to know that, yes, of course, it's obligated or it's an obligation rather it's obliged by the church but it's an opportunity for us to go and to have that exceptionally intentional time with the lord yeah. an exceptionally intentional time is our annual 8-day honeymoon with the lord it is it yeah. is we call it spiritual exercise and it is just um, an occasion of grace to have not just yeah. one holy hour but four or five um, in a row for eight days in a row. Um, wow. And so there's just this beautiful, beautiful, um, kind of um, elevated intention or uh, uber intentional, you know, yeah. time, yeah, yeah, hyper intentional yeah. time uh, to, to give and to receive, to rest, to come home to. 
and uh, and it really is. I mean, I could wish every married couple to have an annual honeymoon, you know. Yeah. But in, but in religious oh, we life, do. we get that. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so what a blessing. Yeah, that's beautiful. No, I, I think that's that's well. Annual honeymoons are critical. If you're married, make sure you do that. That's amazing. Yeah. But also, like I found, like okay, so I can't I cannot be like, hey, hey, honey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go do a thirty day, you know? Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, yeah. Like that doesn't really happen. And mm-hmm. um, but the. When my heart's like, okay, I need a reset. Like I, I've done like uh, novenas, right? Like a nine day prayer vigil. I'll wake up at three a.m. for nine straight days yeah. and take that that holy hour. Or like, as you, like I'm just gonna do a holy hour every day for nine days. And like we can do things as lady to say, listen, I'm gonna make an act uh, where I deliberately, intentionally set time yeah, aside yeah. to focus on solitude and silence in the state of life that I'm at and, and do uh, like really run with this and, and seek yeah. it out because it's just that important. And to know your personality too. And and Father John, you and I talk about this a lot, but for those of you who are listening, there's different personalities that fit into this in, in particular ways that I am so extroverted. Like every single time I take a personality test, it, like off the charts extroversion. And that's and, shocking. Uh, and I don't so, believe it. Like, I, but in that, I have to know myself. That's the importance of knowing yourself. That yeah. I know that when I sit down with the Lord, if I'm surrounded by anything that might intrigue me for just a moment, I'll be out of that in <laughs> no time. And so squirrel. I, I know exactly. Just or, don't pray near squirrel. But yeah, but the Lord is it revealed to me that like he actually wants to meet me in that distraction. So I'll I'll be sitting with the Lord and I'll see a a leaf falling out the window and I'll be like, Oh, it is fall after all. And Oh, wow. That's an orange leaf. But the Lord's like invited me time and time again to invite him into that distraction that I think some of you listening today, you might feel like this all sounds really good, but I've tried that before and I don't know what to do when I sit down. Well, it's not about knowing what to do. It's about sitting down and then figuring it out, right? Yeah. That like sit down. If, if you're extroverted like me, believe me, I understand that. And if, if you're introverted and you're on the other side where you're like, what does it mean to go out on mission? Keep listening to Beyond Damascus. But there's there's this beauty that the Lord's written into us and in our personalities where each of us need the other in order to witness the beauty of the other side, that to the introverts, intimacy might come easier, and to the extroverts, mission might come easier. But the pivotal play of both of them is the story of the church. Well, and you know, you're talking about marriage. Marriage is a sacrament, which means it's a sign that points to a heavenly reality. And the sign of marriage is very clearly there's no fruit without intimacy, right? There's no life without intimacy. And so if we're striving Hmm. to have more fruit in our uh, family life, if we want to have more fruit in our work life, more fruit in our apostolic life, wherever we want to see more abundant life, yeah. it's always going to flow forth from intimacy. And if there's no intimacy, there's no fruit. It's yeah, that's impossible. Right. That's uh, right. And so intimacy is uh, the bedrock of family, right? Yeah. And Father John, quick question on the idea of intimacy within the context of the church for the laity. Obviously, mass is the place where consummation happens, right? Where Jesus communes with us, where we become one with him again. I'm sure that a lot of our listeners, as they think about their normal experience on Sunday, they don't see that one hour they spend with the Lord as the most intimate. So I want to just give you an opportunity when you look out to the pews and you see the people sitting there, what are ways that we can engage in that intimate act in a new way so that we're not sitting there thinking intimacy to be boring, but rather recognize intimacy as so pivotal to build the family that we're talking about? Mm-hmm. 
Um, there is a, a preparation um, for intimacy, um, kind of the planning the yeah. date before you get to the date. And um, mm. because the church provides the readings, you know, the, the readings are not a surprise. The readings are, <laughs> are, 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 are already established uh, for, for years to come. And so, so the accessibility of those readings um, can begin mm. to prepare the heart to receive it um, at another level. And I think fathers that lead their, their families in, um, in some kind of like uh, declaration of the reading and reflection on the reading um, help to prepare the family mm. for the receptivity. I saw this beautifully at Franciscan University of Steubenville, where households would have Lord's Day and Lord's Days were groups of men or women that would reflect on the Word of God before, the Saturday night before they went to Sunday Mass. And, yeah. um, and there's just this um, activation and animation of the Word that, that prepares the heart you know, for a greater receptivity. Um, of course, you know, if, if uh, Jesus says at the beginning of the Gospel, repent and believe— um, there is a certain kind of uh, repentance that can help us to to receive as well. And so mm. the sacrament of reconciliation um, kind of prepares us, kind of plows the ground a little bit to receive the word, both from the scriptures and from Holy Communion, um, mm. more deeply, more sensitively. Um, and, that, and then it seems stuff. to me yeah. that, that we, come, uh, we come with a heart full um, of needs and to not let e- mm. every need kind of clutter, but like focus in on a personal need of my own or a personal need of another. And, uh, and Dan said this beautifully, I think earlier this week about uh, never waste an offertory, never waste, a, yeah. never waste a sacrifice and never waste a mass uh, mm. and always have that, that, that intimacy within my heart that I'm, that I'm, uh, that I'm receiving and responding mm-hmm. to this mass for, for this need in my own life or this need in somebody else's life. And so, yeah. um, and then it does seem to me that there's a beautiful revival of, of, of not just like mass is done, go in peace and everybody exits, but there is kind of this. Um, this this treasuring of a moment of thanksgiving afterwards from something in this something in this time that God is giving us and God is providing for us that mm. God would uh, kind of like root that more deeply in me yeah. as I seek to go forth um, and, and you know here I've received communion now we're going forth we're yeah. talking about intimacy mm-hmm. and mission yeah. and the mass really is kind of a missioning and commissioning into yeah. what's next in communion with Jesus yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. every day Sunday right like mm-hmm. you just receive the word so you can be the that's word that's a good word I yeah. just love it I, if, if you are if you are catching this Father has said a lot about sacred scripture yeah. then that whole image of Our Lady receiving the word and then giving birth to the word like mm-hmm. that is the heart of it all and a lot of times we as catholics we forget just the value and the beauty of sacred scripture and and, and that's where intimacy is found in the yeah. word of god we're gonna take a short break you're listening to beyond damascus the show where encounter meets mission and don't go anywhere because we're gonna breathe some fire and prayer when we get back This is Ken Hampton, General Manager of the Sword, St. George, Kansas. I always strive to remember that every one of us is a wounded soul in need of God's love. There is no better place on the airways for wounded souls to encounter God's mercy and love than Catholic Radio. Catholic Radio is important. The world needs EWTN Catholic Radio, now more than ever. Imagine a career bringing the eternal word to millions around the globe. At EWTN, we're committed to spreading the gospel from a Catholic perspective, touching millions via television, radio, publishing, and the internet. 
Right now, EWTN is looking for qualified people to fill a number of exciting positions. Make a difference using your God-given talent. Visit EWTN.com slash employment today. EWTN, the global Catholic network. Hello and welcome back to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. So we've been talking a lot about mission, but focusing more on the encounter side of things here, right? That um, I can't live beyond Damascus without those Damascus moments. And that Damascus time for Paul was critical because it shaped his, uh, the rest of his life. He spent, he encountered Jesus Christ. He saw him and, and probably more importantly, he heard his voice Mm -hmm. and he heard the father speak to, I mean, he heard Jesus speak to him. And uh, that's why intimacy is so important so that you can hear the word spoken to you. Yeah. And so that you can take what was in Damascus beyond Damascus, right? That you can take that encounter with you. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Well, I I think it just, it it always bears repeating. The idea that what I'm experiencing is that which I can now bring into the world. Like, yeah. and, and that's, that's the call of the missionary disciple is to experience from the Lord and to, to bring that experience to those around us. Yeah. You know, Aaron Richards isn't here, so I feel like we should throw out one of his key quotes. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he would say if he was here, he's always says, if it's good enough for Jesus, it's, it's good, good enough, enough for, for me. me. Yeah. Right. And so I, if Jesus took time in the solitude with the father, it's probably yeah. a good sign that that should be part of our key <laughs> yeah. way of life. Yeah, that's and, right. uh, and so, but uh, I, I want to just kind of, we've got about 10 minutes left on the show. I think it's really important that um, maybe we just evaluate our own lives as, as we listen to today is, um, are we off balance? If I had one leg that was shorter than the other, I probably wouldn't be able to run so as to win the race. And so, um, we want to be able to run so as to win. We want to walk and follow Jesus most effectively. And so how are the two legs in our own life? Uh, Are we, are we living a life of intimacy and Mm -hmm. are we living a life of mission? And often I find that can be such an easy evaluation of conscience, um, examination of conscience is, is my intimacy, is my, Mm. is my personal intimate life, my prayer life with Jesus Christ is as healthy and strong as it should be. And, and, and is, is my missionary life as healthy and strong as it should be? Because we don't want to live an intimate life with Mm -hmm, him that mm -hmm. bears no fruit, right? Right. That's, we're not called to be barren. And so the Lord wants us to bear fruit. And if I'm taking all this time in intimacy, but that's not being transferred into my life and I'm hiding my faith at work, I'm hiding my faith from my family. I'm hiding my faith, um, on on the streets and I'm not Mm -hmm. speaking the word of God. Um, I spend time with the Word of God, not just for myself, but so that I can give birth to the Word in the world. And if I'm not giving birth, I'm not being a, a disciple. And yeah. so where yep. where am I? Am I balanced in both my prayer, that intimacy, and in my missionary life? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think that's the hardship of religious life, right? Like, there's always these tugs, Father, I'm sure. Like, how do you keep that balance? There's always, I'm sure, more invitations. We send a lot of them your way. <laughs> but more invitations for more missions, for more ministry, and yet you have to stay very balanced to say no to some good things mm-hmm. so that you can say yes to the more, the better part. We have to uh, ask ourselves, are we abiding in the Lord and are we doing God's will as we go forth? And we want to accept as many invitations from Damascus as possible. <laughs> Thank you. And, oh, um, and we want to come here and spend ourselves generously um, while we are abiding in the Lord, because we know that without him on a daily basis, we can't, we can do nothing. And so, mm-hmm. so there, 
there is that, uh, there is that. And, and sometimes a little bit off balance is, is, uh, is sustainable for the short term, yeah. but it's not sustainable for the long term. you know, as in a marriage, so in yeah. relationship with the Lord. And so we want to abide and bear much fruit. And we want to, uh, we want to be servants. We want to be laborers in the kingdom, but we don't want to be slaves in the kingdom. We want to be laborers in the kingdom alongside uh, Jesus, um, who, uh, who is our first love. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that last point that you made is really good though, that, that sometimes life is, it's, so it's not all about balance. Sometimes life is off balance, yeah. but it's about taking what you need when you need it or mm-hmm. carving out the, like, so yes. there's times where our mission here is yes. really outpouring yeah. and then you're just, you have to be intentional to be filled after right. that, right? Yeah. Or right. before that. And right. you, you, there's, yeah. So it's just mm-hmm. understanding that there's seasons of life yes. and, yeah. and you, you get a good rhythm. Yeah. yeah. There's rhythms in the different seasons. And I, I, I also want to just speak again what we were saying a little bit earlier that all of us have predispositions to be stronger in certain areas than others. And so if you're listening today and you're like, you know what, that is, again, something that I'm not sure how to implement in my life. Start with small steps. Don't be afraid of small steps that lead to giant leaps, right? Like if you are out there and you're like, I I don't know the last time I had an intimate moment with the Lord, take five minutes tomorrow morning. Before you open your phone, before you read the newspaper, before you make your breakfast, before you hop in the shower, before you get your coffee, before you get your coffee, (laughs) just take five minutes and give them to the Lord and say, I am yours for these five minutes, Lord. And don't look to get something out of it. It's your gift that is actually going to be blessed with intimacy later. That's the beauty of the marital call, right? It's actually in giving that the intimacy happens in the mutual giving. You know, I think if if you do have a predisposition to like being strong in one or the other, like you're suggesting, yeah. Brad, one of the things that helps me is the community I surround myself with. And That's so, really good. Um, I, I do probably have the predisposition to work too much, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I lean more towards mission because, uh, I just really love it. And same. Um, yeah. and yet I'm so challenged by the people I choose to run with of how much time they spend seeking the Lord yeah. and their love for the Lord actually creates in me a deeper desire for that because I see in their lives like, oh, wow, I want that too. Yep, and it, yep. it helps me. And so like if you're lacking in in an area, maybe it's mission that you're lacking in or, yeah. or in like find like because there is you find these people who like they may be all about intimacy, but they're That's not right. about mission. Yeah. Right. So yeah. like maybe you need to like get around a few people with a little fire and uh, to get that lit inside of you. But like find those people. And if you don't have those yeah. people, uh, one, pray that the Lord would provide them and then go looking for them. There's yeah, nothing yeah. worse than being like, I don't have community. Well, do something. About yeah. Move, it, right? Because yeah. You'll, well, the Lord's not a, a God of force. And so when you're stationary, he's not going to push you, but as you're moving, he will guide you, right? Like he'll, he'll move your shoulders. He'll show you the right way, but if you're stationary, but Dan will push you. Yeah. But again, Dan's mentioning it and and he and I, we have a similar disposition here and I want to make sure not to just speak to those like me. If you, again, if you're on the mission side of things, yes, surround yourself with that community. But again, you can also lay out simple goals. Like when was the last time you talked to someone about the faith that you have? When was the last time you went up to someone in the pews before you left on Sunday and just offered them a word of encouragement? That's a first step, right? That's a first step. So again, you want to be sure to lay simple goals that lead you to large leaps in the area of intimacy, but you can definitely do that same thing in the area of mission. Yeah. Father, is there anything else burning on your heart that you want to say? 
Um, I'm just really grateful for my brothers that call me both to intimacy and to mission um, and that sustain my desires over the long haul. Mm -hmm. Um, It seems to me that if I'm going to start a new habit, like some of your listeners do, that that it's it's not hard for an individual uh, to not sustain or it's really easy to start an unsustainable habit. But if you do it alongside um, someone else, and or you have either a spiritual father, spiritual director, a spiritual coach, or um, a brother in Christ, a sister in Christ to see you through, you will go much further in the kingdom like the disciples do, two by two, yeah. than you will all by yourself. And mm-hmm. so just to, just to, to second that, um, uh, that, that proposition about needing community for mission and for intimacy, that, uh, that uh, other people draw out the best in us, mm-hmm. seeking the Lord and laboring in the vineyard. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Amen. I just want to pray for that. Lord, I just pray for all of our listeners who feel like they don't have someone walking by their side. You promised us, Lord, and you commissioned us to go in twos. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. that just shows that you, you're going to provide that for us because you want to ask us to do something and not provide the means. So, Lord, just provide for anyone who feels like they don't have someone to push them, to walk with, to hold them accountable, to to be their iron mm-hmm. that sharpens them. I just pray in Jesus' name that that would be yeah. provided for them. I'm just getting a strong sense that the Lord is saying, it's coming soon. You've been waiting, and the Lord's saying, it's mm-hmm. coming soon. Keep your eyes out. Um, and the Lord is just saying, don't wait for the perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Walk alongside of someone and allow that to become perfect. Uh, yeah, and Lord, I, I want to speak against any any fear of stepping out and being mm-hmm. rejected. I just want to speak right now, Lord, that you are a God who keeps his promises and you are a God of goodness. And Lord, as you went through the creation story, you named everything good. You named us very good. And the first thing you said that was not good is it's not good for the man to be alone. So mm-hmm. we need one another because we demonstrate to each other, unique aspects of you. So I pray that you would give us eyes to see the parts of Mm -hmm. you that you've put in the person across from us. And I pray that you would hold true to your promise that you would give us someone suitable to help us in our walk and in our journey Mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, I just have an image of a a person in the adoration chapel and you've been faithful to going to adoration, but your prayer has been very... um, kind of not alive. And I see uh, the mm. Lord just taking those like things that they use at the doctor's office, the way yeah, they rub them together yeah. and stick them on the lungs to bring you back to life. And the defibrillator. The, the, yeah. Thanks. Yeah. And the Lord's saying, uh, he's just going to bring your prayer back to life. So Lord, I just pray right now that those souls who have been seeking you in the solitude, but who feel um, like it's not working, that you would just bring that to life, Lord. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Lord, I, I speak to all the people listening today who Mm. think to themselves, I've tried this again and again, and it hasn't worked. And I I pray God that today you would convict all of us that new beginnings are always possible in you. And I pray that today we would give a fresh yes, a fresh yes to intimacy, a fresh yes to mission. I speak against any whispers of failure. I speak against any whispers of inadequacy And I replace those in all of our hearts in the name of Jesus. Mm. I replace them with love. I replace them with encouragement. And I replace them with your heart, Lord. Father, can you give us your blessing? Um, Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of intimacy, the gift of mission, the gift of community uh, that sustains our intimacy and, and propels us in mission. Um, Holy and merciful God, uh, through the intercession of the communion of saints in heaven, 
um, the communion of intimacy in heaven. Uh, may Almighty God bless um, you um, and all those you love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thanks, You're listening Jesus. to Beyond Damascus, a co-production of St. Gabriel Radio and EWTN Radio, and carried across the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. If you enjoyed this show, share it with your loved ones and your friends uh, by downloading the Damascus podcast wherever podcasts are found, and mm-hmm. join us next week. God, God bless, bless you all. Father, God bless thank you, you so much for thank joining you for having us. me. It's a great joy.